This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right. Well, somebody who really jumped the gun on the timeline, this company that uh, manufactures aluminum engine blocks in Windsor, uh, NEMAC of Canada Corporation, actually a Mexican concern, has decided to pull up stakes and they're heading back to Monterey, Mexico, and they'll leave close to 300 people out of work, including several members of Unifor, about, uh, I guess, close to 200. Unifor is the, uh, the uh, union that uh, governs the employees there. And Jerry Diaz was on the warpath, uh, and uh, in fact, they were outside the company's gates. We're in protest. They've taken over the plant. It's interesting because I guess uh, I understand that they would be pretty agitated about everything since the agreement or contract was to run until 2022. And so this company, as I say, preemptively decided unilaterally that they're going back to Mexico. Let's find out what the deal is. Uh, John Daniolo is the Unifor Local 200 president, and he's joined the Oakley Show this afternoon. John, good to have you on board. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon to you. All right. Uh, So... I guess the uh, members have taken over the plant, have they? Well, the members have. Um, they're obviously very frustrated because back in 2016, the company came to us and said, listen, we have three new programs for you, but you're going to have to make a decision. The workers are going to have to freeze their wages to get those programs. So the workers, uh, we, we got in a room with them and we ratified the deal. They wanted, uh, they wanted the work. So they froze their wages uh, because they wanted a future in Windsor. And uh, on July 17th, the company came to us and said, we know you, we signed a contract with you, but we're still leaving with those three programs, which is very frustrating. Um, obviously, we're going to protest because these workers froze their wages to make sure that work stayed in Canada and in Ontario and the company has backed out saying that it's all about profits. All right. Well, uh, as I understand, for example, uh, the wage disparity in Mexico, uh, Jerry Diaz, heads the union, was saying it's like a buck fifty an hour, whereas in Windsor, I guess at your plant, it was about $16 an hour plus plus, right? Yes, that's correct. All right. So it, think about that. Um, back in the day, it used to be Ford Motor Company that owned the Windsor Aluminum plant. So... The wages dropped when when NEMAC took it over. It dropped by 40%, and that's still not enough. And it won't be enough. But when you move that work and you compete with, you can't compete with Mexico. Right. Uh, The wages. Well, you know, this is the thing that I'm curious about. Uh, Obviously, uh, the plant is in breach of an agreement. It should be ironclad, is it not? I mean, what uh, remedies are available to you? Either, you know, uh, court injunction, anything under NAFTA, which, you know, the New Deal has yet to be ratified. Is there anything in terms of government intervention? Uh, no, and that's the issue. So I've been talking on the radio uh, a lot, and I says we have to put policy. These are the reasons why we have to have some type of policy in place to protect workers here in Ontario and in Canada, because we used to have one. We used to have a, an auto policy, but we need a manufacturing policy to protect these type of things, because at the end of the day, um, we have other countries like Germany, like China, like the United States that are protecting jobs in their countries, and we're not doing that right now, and we have to put some stuff in place to make sure that happens. But what about the sanctity of a written agreement? Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, we've seen it with GM Oshawa, right? They weren't supposed to leave. They they were supposed to stay till the end of or September of next year, and they broke the contract. And you're seeing it here 
also. So we're seeing a lot of this, and we have to put our foot down. Unfortunately, even when you have a signed agreement and you shake hands, uh, that's not good anymore. I'm surprised. As I said, uh, if you've got no remedy before the courts, an injunction, there's nothing enforceable insofar as a signed agreement or a contract. Well, we will absolutely challenge it. By the time that con- uh, by that by the time that gets in place, they're long gone. So we try and get these things fixed beforehand. And the only way we can fix it is if we don't allow these programs to leave and go to Mexico. So the two programs that they want badly is the I six program. That's a GM block that goes in the Colorado truck. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that goes into Flint. That goes to Flint, Michigan. And Windsor is just across the border. So what they're saying is it's cheaper for them to build it in Mexico and ship it to Flint. And then we have the Corvette block and the, and the bed plate. That's also we're building. So those are two things that they, if they got those out of the plant and into Mexico's hands, we would not see the product back. I see. So uh, basically the tools and dyes. Uh, yep. Yeah. You guys, so you've taken over the plant, uh, or at least I'm assuming that's what I'm I'm hearing. What do you hope to yeah. accomplish, and how long could you maintain that kind of a posture? Well, obviously they're going to, uh, the courts are going to get involved, and we're hoping we can we can have some discussions with NEMAC about this. Um, we'll have further discussions, I hope. I have not received a call from them. Um, to look at ways of keeping that product here. Do you anticipate, though, the company uh, might actually call the authorities and uh, some enforcement arm of whatever, I guess, the government uh, would allow them to go in there, cross your lines, and take all of their equipment out, as uh, I guess other plants have done when they've left the province of Ontario? Do you anticipate that happening? Uh, that could happen, but we we would actually uh, do what we could to uh, prevent that from happening. And what does that mean? That means that we we would do whatever we whatever it, whatever it takes to uh, stop the, the, those products from leaving. Could get physical. Well, I hope not. Mm. I, I'm not saying it's going to get physical. I, I just we would absolutely make sure that those products don't leave uh, the plant. John Daniels with us. I was just going to say, okay, John, is uh, he's the uh, president of Local 200, the Unifor local down there uh, in this plant that's pulling up stakes going back to Mexico uh, two years prior to their actual agreement actually being fulfilled. They've just decided to up and move, and you're saying it's just based on cost or as gre- uh, greed, as Jerry has called it. Uh, yeah, he, he, uh, Armando Temez, uh his exact statement was it, it's all about the money. Yeah, he's the CEO of NEMAC. Uh, you That's went down correct. to see him in Mexico City? Yes, we did. And he was unmoved? And he was unmoved. He, to be perfectly honest with you, Jerry said, I'll, I'll, see, I'll come and see you anywhere. So we went to Monterey. Uh, that was Wednesday. We had a meeting at 4 o'clock. And Jerry, at the end of the conversation, he basically, he, Jerry told him, listen, when we sign contracts, good or bad, we live with them. It's no different here. You signed a contract with Unifor. We shook hands. You abide by that contract. And uh, Jerry handed him his number and says, call me. And he never called. So this is why we're here today, protesting the fact that uh, the products leave in the country. 
when when is it actually leaving? Um, well, they say they're closing in June of 2020, mm-hmm. but like anything else, you'll always worry. They wanted some engineers to come into the from Mexico to come to the site mm-hmm. to look at the programs. So we were worried that they were going to try and take them out then. So we had to take them a- uh, action immediately. Right. And so you've got people, uh, I guess, at the gate making sure. Yeah, we have people at all the gates uh, watching over the plant, the site. Is there a role for the government here? I mean, apart from uh, having a manufacturing policy in place, which, you know, I guess a lot of people have already quit the province. It uh, would have helped to have something in place many, many years ago, certainly even before the GM plant decided to leave in Oshawa. Uh, Is there any role for the government as far as you can see? Um, absolutely. You, you're seeing what happens when governments um, make the calls and tell the companies that we're going to have to put a process in place if you continually move product out of our country, both governments or province. But that hasn't happened. It's been uh, it's been silent. We've uh, heard crickets, and it's unfortunate because. You see the power of what happens when, when leaders tell them that you need to build in our, in our country and in our province, because then they're going to have to put a policy in place. Well, the governments uh, at all levels gave them uh, a fairly significant chunk of change, did they not? I mean, uh, $1.5 million from the province of Ontario, $1.3 million in tax breaks from the city of Windsor, $3 million in federal funds, and they're just sniffing at that. Well, the problem is... Every country does that. Every state does that in the United States. This is nothing new. Once we put the free trade agreements in, the only way you could lure companies to come to your, to your country now is you have to give them money. So even Mexico has a, a group of people that, go, that they go and solicit work, and they get money from the government. So these are the challenges we have today with these trade agreements. When we had policies in place, we have, they have plants in Germany. They have plants in China. We have an LGE block that we build in China, for China right now. China said, not no more. You're building it in China. So the next generation block that goes into their Cadillacs are going to be built in China because China says you're going to build it in China. In Germany, they say the same thing. You're going to build that product in Germany. And in the United States right now, as we all know, uh, They've been telling them, you got to build product in the United States, so it should be no different here in Canada. Well, all right. Where we're, that's where we're struggling. So what you're saying is Christian Freeland should have driven a harder bargain when it came to uh, this NAFTA 2.0. The, the, NAFTA, the NAFTA deal is, should be separate from a policy. The all NAFTA right. deal is going to take about five years to implement, by the way, and by the time that happens manufacturing will be disappearing in droves. So we need uh, an immediate policy in place to stop this stuff from happening because we will never be able to compete with Mexico. Well, even as you mentioned, the Trump administration uh, made it part of their negotiating with Mexico originally. Uh, It was a unilateral deal uh, that there had to be a component of union labor in any of their, and it had to be paid at a certain threshold. I think it was 16 bucks an hour. Which, yeah, that was that was actually uh, the Canadian government and Jerry uh, had initially put brought that forward, and the U.S. agreed with it at the time. Right. So 
that that is a great idea, but that's not going to cure the issues that we have today. Yeah, I know one thing. We had manufacturing and the industry here because we had an auto policy. That's why they all came here. Right. The auto pact in 65, right. Right. And and it was here for many, many years. Toyota and Honda, they all came here. And when that went away, so did manufacturing jobs. And these are good-paying jobs. And it's devastating our communities throughout Ontario and in Canada. At one time, it used to be for every one job in Canada, uh, it used to be one in seven. So... Um, at its peak, and it, it's gone. Well, so, did the guy in Mexico, John, mention that it became cost prohibitive? I mean, there's hydro costs, there's the taxation, there's a lot of these ancillary costs here in this per- particular jurisdiction. Uh, did he cite that at all, or was it all the wage component? It. Well, he just said it was cheaper. And is there is there differences? Of course there's differences. But we've always had those differences for many, many, many years. It's just the problem is, instead of it, there's never an end when it comes to making profit anymore. It's, right. And that's where we're struggling today. It's all about making as much profit as possible, regardless of how it's going to affect the the uh, the worker. And it's catching up to us, and it's going to impact everything. We all know that through our social programs, et cetera. All right, so, but this is a Mexican company, though, based in Canada. I get it. Yes, it is a Mexican company. They already have 10 plants there. Right. And they're building an 11th plant, by the way. Right. So think about this. There's over a million parts that NEMAC supplies in Ontario. And they don't have a plant here in Ontario. Mm. They got them everywhere else. They right. got 35 facilities throughout the world. Like, but they won't have any in Canada. And that's a shame. And we're, they're supplying all the big three yeah. aluminum parts. Well, that was the auto pack. You're right. Auto pack protected uh, Canadian yeah. employment because uh, you wanted to build parts or cars here. Uh, you had to employ Canadians, and uh, because this was also their market. John, we'll watch this one with interest and uh, see how long you know the standoff uh, continues. If anybody intervenes uh, on behalf of your members or uh, what the whole thing, how it'll be resolved. I appreciate you coming on today and telling us your side of things. Oh, I appreciate you having me. All right, all the best. Yep. John Daniolo, uh, he's a local 200 president with Unifor out in Windsor. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.